Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com/acast code acast. Welcome along to the Rugby Pass podcast. This is the short ball with Mills Mulyaina and Scotty Stevenson. We're talking about the uh, Mitre Ten Cup finals this weekend. Millsy Auckland taking on Canterbury and Otago taking on Waikato. That is the Premiership and the Championship, respectively. And there might be a small test in Japan. Is there? We can discuss. I don't know if there is. We'll figure it out as this podcast goes along. But Millsy,、uh, a man close to your heart is on the line to start us off on the short ball today. Man who pretty much made your dreams come true. Gave you all those caps, <laughs> kept picking you on the side. He did. I tell you what, when you mentioned he was going to be on the show, I, I got quietly excited. I haven't been this excited for a very long time. I also noticed that there's、oh. small there's small beads of sweat forming on your forehead, but he's not he's not interrogating. No, that's because I had to walk from St Luke's here, mate. <laughs> well, it's the one and only Sir Graham Henry on the line.、Uh, good morning to you, Sir Ted. Good morning. Now, Thank you for inviting. Well, no, it's a pleasure because、um, I don't know what it is about you, Ted. You're a man of、uh, successes, and、uh, here you go, rumbling back into provincial coaching life, and、uh, Auckland straight into a final. Are you prepared to take all the credit so far this season? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've been in the in the background, very much in the background.、Uh, Alama Premier and his men have done a fabulous job.、Um, I can't praise them enough, really. Pilo and Ian Alama have done a fabulous job with the Auckland team. I'm, you know, I'm a man of the past, just trying to help a wee bit in the background. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second because I've spoken to a couple of players that said、uh, you have been dropping pearls of wisdom all over the show. But Ted, I, I want to be serious. What have you noticed about what Alama and Philo and Ty have brought to this Auckland side? Fine. Uh, really, you know, they have organised an environment which the guys enjoy.、Uh, there's a lot of social activity within the environment. I don't mean outside of rugby that much, but in the in the rugby environment, they do have a lot. Of, they've got four teams. They compete against each competition, but it's、uh, it's a lot of enjoyment, and the boys have enjoyed it. They've grown in confidence, both as people and as footballers. Uh, feel comfortable in the environment and want to play. So I think they've done a fabulous job. I haven't seen anybody do that better, and I've I've been involved in the game for a wee while. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I take my hat off to them. They've done a fab, fabulous job. Shucks, Ted, that's a that's a hell of a compliment there. The, the fact that you haven't seen anyone do it better.、Uh, I mean, you spoke you speak about enjoyment, but also 
the few players that were spoken to, especially the young guys, and last week we spoke to uh, Dalton Papali'i, but it seems you're enjoying it as well because a lot of them, you know, they, they say you, you're coming into the environment. And I remember meeting you for the first time. Gee, you can be a scary man, but <laughs> to, a lot, that, <laughs> to a lot of them, they say that you enjoy it. You know, I've spoken to uh, the Sati. He says, you know, every now and then you, you crack a few jokes here and there. So it seems you're enjoying the environment. I just want to ask, like, how has the players sort of changed? Um, I mean, you've seen players change, evolve over the years, but in terms of the off-field stuff and, um, you know, you spoke about enjoyment, how have they, how have they sort of changed over the years that uh, you've been around? Oh, they're much more relaxed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I find it quite incredible they're so relaxed. And they, but they when it time, they turn it on. And, and I guess that's, by by being in the professional environment, most of them, not all of them, some of them are club players, but most of them being in the professional environment 12 months of the year, you know, they know when to turn off and when to turn on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think this generation, and I haven't coached for quite a while now, uh, is quite a bit more relaxed than our your generation, Melzi. Right. And you guys were pretty relaxed. So, you know, it's just... Uh, and I think it's good, you know. I, I think they're enjoying, as I say, they're enjoying that environment. And they've added to it, you know. Um, TJ Fayani has been the captain. He wasn't the captain originally. Patrick Turpilotu and Blake Gibson were the two captains. And Blake's injured, which is a real pity. Otherwise, he'd be on the All Black Tour. Mm. Um, and Pat, Patrick's um, only played 50 minutes for us. Mm. So TJ and his leadership group, with 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 the Alama and the and the other coaches have really brought this team together and 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 uh, have produced a a very fun fun full environment where the guys really enjoy it and want to play footy. So so Ted, tell me this then: How have you adapted to that? Because I, I suspect you know it would be something that's quite challenging to be able to to see guys so damn relaxed. I, I'd imagine you'd be, you know, loosening your tie every now and then because, <laughs> man, it must be, I mean, even hearing that, I'm thinking far out, if you're, if you, you know, back in those days, it wasn't too far far ago, a uh, long ago, I mean, you know, to have someone that sort of wasn't switched on, you think, well, he's not on the job. How have you sort of adapted to actually realising, you know, some of these guys can actually, you know, switch on and switch switch off because it must be a hard thing to do. Yeah, well, I've realised, I've realised, Millsy, that I'm the only, I'm not the only one in step. <laughs> you know, so I realise it's probably something that you're going to have to go along with, run along with, mate, and um, and enjoy yeah, the ri- enjoy the ride. Yeah. And, you know, I coached in the 1970s. Hell, uh, you know, I can't remember how long ago that is, but that's a wee while ago. And you know, and you look at that's five decades. Is it five decades? Yeah. Maybe six decades. I'm not so, sure. My my maths is not that good. Um, but you know, the, it's been amazing change. Mm-hmm. And coaches need to change with the young people that they coach. Mm, nice. And and I, and I had to make a lot of changes from the amateurs to professional. Like I was a much different coach, and when I coached the All Blacks, than what I was when I coached Auckland or coached uh, secondary school rugby or club rugby prior to that. You know, so you have to change. With the time and change with the with the personnel, because mm. uh, they're a different group of young men than they were ten years ago, and that's a reflection on how they've been brought up and the education they've had, and that's them. That's yeah. that's that's the young man of today, and 
you've just got to adapt. You can't coach like you used to coach, otherwise <laughs> you wouldn't last. <laughs> Auckland's into the final, Ted, uh, a team that you are synonymous with and up against Canterbury, uh, which has become the powerhouse province in our domestic game here in New Zealand. I can't think of a better final in terms of the history between these two teams. It it must be an incredibly exciting place to be at the moment, Auckland Rugby, knowing that they are hosting a final for the first time in a very long time against their arch rival. Oh, yeah, no, it's fabulous, isn't it? Like it's, it's a dream come true, really, for for this group of people. Uh, you know, our, our basic purpose for the year was to gain respect. Hmm. Um, well, respect of ourselves, really, um, initially, and then respect of the Auckland rugby public and, and New Zealand rugby public. So it's, it's we're on the track. We're on the on the road to doing that. And, and to be playing the champions is, is fabulous because it's a fabulous measuring stick. You know, you've got to take your hat off to, to Canterbury. Now, they won 10 out of the last 11, which is ridiculous. <laughs> mm. uh, but they want to be the best. And, and I can respect that and, and relate to that. And they they make no excuses for wanting to be the best, and they do everything they can to be the best. Mm. Uh, not only as a team, but the structure of Canterbury and Crusaders rugby enables them to to make make uh, make great progress. So, I've got great respect for what Canterbury and Crusaders have done, and it's it's, it's marvellous to be able to play in a final against them. What about from an Auckland rugby point of view? Uh, because people have always looked at Auckland, Ted, and, and you've been involved in Auckland rugby for a long time, five decades, as, you, as you've just pointed out. Uh, people talk about the amount of talent that is created in this region and then ponder why that hasn't been able to be transferred into performance over the last decade or so of, of Auckland rugby. So what have changed specifically and what has been imparted on these kids in training and in games this season as opposed to over the last four or five? Well, Scotty, I don't know what's happened in the last four or five because I haven't been there. Mm. But, mm. Um, but you know, I, guess I, I, I can only repeat what I've just said. You know, I think the boys... Um, feel very comfortable in the environment. They all feel they can express themselves, and there's there's a lot of quiet guys there, mm-hmm. as uh, you can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're coming out of their shell and 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 expressing themselves and and adding to what we're doing. And so they've grown as people as well as as rugby players. So it's about setting the right culture. When this culture is about standards, mm. simple standards, and and guys enjoying that environment and feeling. Feeling, uh, feeling respected, feeling wanted, mm. um, um, and I think that's a, that's gone a long way to. Like, there's a lot of guys playing in the Auckland team right now who have got super contracts, but don't play a lot of super rugby. Yeah. And TJ Fayani, the captain, is an ex- is a very good example of that. Like he has played outstanding rugby for us. Mm. Uh, he's led well. He's respected by the troops. Uh, he's loving loving getting an opportunity. Like, how many Super Rugby games has he played since mm. he's been contracted? Mm. You could mm. probably count them on two hands. Mm. Um, so he's getting an opportunity, and he's taking that opportunity. And there's a lot of other guys in a similar situation um, t- to him where they're getting opportunities to show they've got ability to play this game. Ted, I mean, you, you speak about respect and, and guys getting opportunities and that. I mean, it's all right, you know, when you see stuff like that and 
you know, so often guys, you know, go out and try and, and play for Super Rugby sort of starting positions and things like that in, in provincial roles. I mean, TJ is a, is a perfect example. He seems to have gelled uh, the whole team together this whole year and the way he's been playing is, has been exceptional. My, my question really is probably, you know, about the game this weekend. I've loved the way your four-pack has actually adapted, you know, especially a few times they've gone backwards, but they've come out and sort of fixed things. Um, which has led to, to you guys just really sort of shifting to another gear. I mean, where 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 has that come from? Obviously, if you talk about the culture, but from a technical point of view, I mean, what what sort of confidence has that given the guys throughout this whole season to to be able to adapt like that? Yeah, well, I think Fido's highly respected for the job he's doing. You know, he's mm. a he's a he's got presence, Fido Tietia, and I, I guess you know him pretty well, you guys. Mm. Um, so he's got presence and respect and they want to play for him. He's also got some players in that pack who have been around a wee bit, you know, um, and so uh, they're leading the way. There's not all all 21-year-olds in that pack. So, But the big, the big the guy who played outstanding last week was Akira Ioni, you know, mm. and and he, he, like, he scored a couple of tries that nobody else could score, I think. It reminded me of Jonah Lomu when he's okay. Um, you know, Jonah used to score tries which were impossible. Yeah. Mm. And and Aki did the same thing last week. And it's a pity he's not on the All Blacks because I think if they showed him a bit of love, he could be a massive player at international level. Uh, I know he's got some. You know, there's some there's areas of his game that needs to be uh, fixed up. But hell, what a talent! Um, then you, you, you've got other guys in that pack. Even Elmstead, the, the Canadian yeah, boy. Yeah. You know, he never plays a game, bad game. Mm. Um, and so you, you've got a lot of examples of those older fellas standing up and be counted. Robbie the hooker. Robbie, Robbie Abel. Robbie Abel. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie Abel. You know, he's, he's played some super rugby for the Brumbies. Um, Sam Prattley, you know, yeah. he's been around around a wee while. Um uh, Tinga Lamalu, um, the other lock. Mm. You know, he's played for Samoa. So you've got a group of solid citizens there who are, who are, who are working together and producing a platform. Um, and then you, we had Dalton Papalihi. Well, hell, he's a hell of a good player. Mm. Uh, and, and now in the All Blacks. But, if, you know, if... Um, which, is, which is fabulous. He made 32 tackles in one game. Yeah, no, he's a freak show, Ted. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and a fabulous young man uh, 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 along with it, you know. So um, so I think Alama uh, has selected a side with, with a balance of some older, older heads and some young talent. Mm. Uh, most of the backs are young. Um, um, Tamua Manu playing at centre has played exceptionally well. He's another example of a, a guy who didn't get many opportunities at super level and mainly played on the wing. Mm. Well, he's a natural, natural, natural 13, you know, um, and he's played well for us. Um, how's like um, Harry Plummer, mm. like how, how he's come on. Mm. So Jonathan Ruru, I could go on and on. Um, You've just named the I team, Ted. You've named the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's been difficult for me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of guys who, who have stood up. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think there's a wee bit of a disappointment. There's only four Auckland guys in the All Blacks. And, you know, we're playing a team tomorrow or Saturday. 
have got five guys who play against Japan for the All Blacks, and I think there's another 10 or so who are in the main All Black team. Mm. So, you know, maybe there, maybe there needs to be a bit of love now that uh, we need to look at some of these Auckland players. And if you get success, it'll breed success. It's like the Cattery boys getting, I don't know what the number is, but a large number in the All Blacks. Well, Hmm. Success breeds success, and and people want to play for that team because they could become All Blacks. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I won't go on about that. No, but I understand the point. But if, if this is the start of what could be a whole new era of success for Auckland, then that will naturally flow on. Ted, I, I want to take you back because today's a special day. I don't know if you know this, but uh, <coughs> seven years ago, you blokes won a Rugby World Cup. On this, me. on this day, on this day, what on it? this day, Ted, Shit. you were sitting, there, you were sitting there in the coach's box, slapping, right. uh, slapping the desk when Tony Woodcock uh, dunked the tea bag, and um, <laughs> and then you sat there planning an alternate life in the south of France Ooh. with Ray if you did not win that game, <laughs> and then you watched your uh, old never, mate Beaver kick that goal. No, never in doubt. <laughs> never in doubt. We smashed the mate seven. I think. That's right. It was an absolute hiding. Yeah, so if it hadn't been eight to seven, I, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. No, it would be seven eight. I would, I would have you, still talked to you. you. I would have still talked. You wouldn't to have you. wanted to talk to me. No, I would. I would always want to talk to you. I just, that wasn't the making of you, Ted. You were, you were a good man All before right. that. But right, um, okay. a very special memory, mate, and a and a very special night. And and I'm I'm guessing it's never left you that feeling. I know it changed changed a lot of things. You know, after the. After the 207 debacle, and let's not go down there, <laughs> uh, uh, winning that Rugby World Cup. And I think that's that's been a hell of a big foundation for the confidence and the and the continual improvement of the All Blacks, you know, just getting that monkey off the back. And and then, and so the first time in 24 years, obviously, and now Richie and, his, Richie and, and St- Steve Hansen and Richie and the team Doing it again in two eleven more convincingly, I must I must say. <laughs> uh, but the sides just kept on growing, which is mm. you know sitting on the sidelines and being there before and knowing what it's like is is a huge privilege. Mm. Just to see the continual uh, the drive to for self and team improvement, and the All Blacks have been quite phenomenal, I think. So. Ted, where now for you? Uh, I know you've looked ahead, mate. Are you coming back to Auckland next year? Or are you going? I know you're going overseas to watch a couple of test matches, but I'm talking, are you going to, and, and how do you keep these players? You've spoken about all these players' success. Are you going to be influential in making sure that uh, the growth of Auckland rugby continues? Well, I, like I, I think my coaching days, like it's very difficult because I'm going to be at the World Cup. Ray and I are going for the entire seven weeks, I think. Mm. Uh, with various things that we've got involved in. <laughs> nice, Ted. Uh, you know, good. which and a little, little holiday won't be bad. <laughs> my one with my wonderful wife. Um, but that cuts out half the NPC, you know, half the by the ten cup. Uh, but you know, I would like to be involved in, if I can be of some help because I, I think. Uh, we can do other things in Auckland rugby apart from Alama and the team that's going to enhance the game in this province yeah. mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the greater Blues area, in fact, you know, by having bit more better competitions at secondary school level and better competitions at club level, um, coaching of coaches, all sorts of things that can enhance the game outside the team itself, you know.
you'll be there. Ted, you're not going anywhere. You can take your holiday in Japan. You can take your tour group, which I know will be a wonderful experience for all of those you're hosting uh, with Raywin, but uh, you'll be back. We know you will. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, Scotty, you know, you've always known everything, so that's very good. I, I wondered what I was going to be doing. Uh, what's been funny today is sitting here next to Milsey, it's, it's probably the first time he's ever asked you a question, Ted. Is it, oh, no, I don't think it was that bad. How like I? I'm responsible for Millsy. I got him from the from the deep south. You did. They roll their eyes to Kelson Boys High School. Then I left because I was coaching. Mm. And then I, I don't know how many tests you're involved with me, Millsy, but I was involved in the 101 for the All Blacks. Well, you, I think it was 101. Yeah, well, you owed me a lot, mate. You you told me to stay in Auckland uh, Rugby, then you left and went to coach uh, Wales two months later. So I figured hopefully one day you'd come back and give me a few test matches or at least Auckland caps. <laughs> well, it was always, always, always in the back of my mind, Mills. Good on you. you know? Yeah, yeah. I always say, well, how can I help this marvelous young man? And that's what I love so about you, Ted. You're, you're a very trustworthy and loyal man. So, how many test matches did you play when I was coaching? Uh, you don't know. Uh, you don't know. I you see, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, there was I a lot of lawn mowing involved in that too. <laughs> I would say probably eighty-five. Oh, yeah, I think you're, yeah, you're right. You're not wrong there. I think maybe about it was over eighty. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the only yeah, no, the yeah, only yeah, number yeah, that so counts, I, Ted, is you got them to a hundred. That's up, the main I, thing. I put up with you for a long time, <laughs> <laughs> and we've put up with you long enough on the podcast today, Graham Henry. Uh, best of luck to your Auckland team this weekend, mate. And um, been a real pleasure talking to you today on the short ball. Uh, enjoyable. Thanks, Ted. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Ted. See you, boys. See you, mate. All the best. So, Graham Henry joining us. <coughs> He's still got it, the old boy. He's still got it. He has, hey. Gee, I, I mean, that when he said that the players have changed, I just can't – I mean, it's nice to hear that, the fact that guys can switch on and switch off, because I know for a fact that if someone did it at my era, <laughs> we'd be having a leadership group meeting and the, there'll be a high chance they'll be – yeah, and also, that, remember when the Twitter thing came out? Yeah. We had that meet. No one knew what Twitter was. Ted gets up and talks about, about some guys Twittering and said there's two twits in this room, Corey Jane and Israel. No one ever actually knew. I mean, how big of a change is that? I mean, to actually, as a someone that's Ted's age, thinking, well, he's got to adapt to that. But if he couldn't get his head around Twitter, imagine him trying to get his head around Tinder. <laughs> I mean, something else entirely. I imagine old Ted's in there. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Swiping right? What? Now, I, the thing about I think the thing about um, Sir Graham and, and we we know him pretty well, Millsy. Yeah, I, I think he's relaxed because he's not the head coach. Yes, and, and so he's there to impart upon this team his own brand of wisdom and 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 to offer assistance where necessary. And I I think that's a role that suits where Ted is in life. Mm. I mean, he's done the hard yards as a head yeah. coach. He's lived the stresses, the tensions, the pressures. He understands that being in that space and, and the criticism publicly that comes with being a head coach, he's been there, done that. Yeah. And But I think it's he's very genuine in what he wants to achieve with this Auckland team. And I think, in a sense, um, for Ted, it keeps him young. Yeah, <laughs> It's really good for him to be around the next generation of players. Yeah. Um, who are different again from your generation, who were the last generation he coached, and to sit there and see how the game has changed. The, the game of rugby itself doesn't change fundamentally. No. But the protagonists change. Yeah, yeah. And all the social pressures around the game change and the money changes and the transfer of talent changes. So, you know, I I, I am sure, uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk to Alama and Philo at some stage on the short ball as well about their experiences first year in Auckland, but 
you know, to have someone with his passion for the game locally and his passion for the players. Yeah. And I think that shines through with Ted. He is very passionate about these kids. That, that's the thing. You know, that, immediately he's on the all black bandwagon about yeah, half his time, players, big right? Big time, eh? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing you, you, you always love about Ted. He is passionate. I, I love the way he's gone about, um, I suppose, transitioning out of the head coach. You know, perhaps he took a wee while to find his feet. You remember he went to Argentina, did a little bit of stuff there. He went to the Warriors and mm. advised them on a few things. You know, was in and out of the blues. Um, but I think he has. He's got. You're, you're right. Sumo, he's he's fairly relaxed because he's been there, done that. But also, he hasn't come back and said, "Well, you know, this is how it should be done." He's actually gone in and advised and sort of found his way and found his actual role. Mm. You know, um, a hell of a talented man in terms of knowledge that he's got for the game, and and now he's bringing it through with these young guys. But I just, I just love the way that Ted's um, actually stood back and sort of said, "Well, you know, here's my sort of advice." He's enjoying the environment in the Auckland which is evident, you know, the guys uh, love him being around, but they also love there'll be the little things that he'll say and, and, and do that um, guys will really appreciate. And it's, it's certainly, as I said, I, I think, you know, guys are really enjoying his, um, well, his presence. Was he like that as a head coach with the All Blacks? Because we've seen him on uh, dressing room cams and he's just quite happy hovering around yeah. the outside, around the periphery. The he's now, obviously eh? just picking up little bits and bobs here and there and who he might need to say a quiet word to was, was he kind of like that as a head coach as well? He would just sort of hover around, or was he much more? Oh, nah, he was in direct. Your grill? He was yeah. he was he was right in there, and it was almost like he couldn't wait to get down from upstairs to actually say something. But you know, he composed himself to be able to actually speak about what was needed. Um, you know, back then we'd split off, and then you know the, the two assistant coaches will have their say. You know, uh, Steve and and um, and Wayne, and then would come together, and he'll say his his bit. But the biggest thing about about Ted is, you know, his, his willingness to adapt. Um, you know, well, there was a time there, you know, where I would come in and, you know, he was very old school. You know, this is how it was. We would be in a semicircle from numbers 1 to 22. He will basically go around the whole team and and, uh, and tell you what you needed you needed to do in this meeting at 6 o'clock before every game. Now, guys, you know, you talk about change, the, the, the change of players, but guys were starting to fall asleep, you know. And we went to him as a leadership. We're thinking, shit, how are we going to actually tell you know, Ted, that, you know, perhaps should just cut his meetings because, you know, you guys would listen for the first couple of minutes, but you just sort of wander off to to somewhere else. And he took that on board. He took mm. a lot of things on board and was able to say, well, yeah, there are a few times where he, he disagreed, but he took it all on board and thought, okay, you know, if that's what the guys are, are saying, then, you know, I'll listen. But certainly as a coach, a head coach, he was he was very direct. And that's why I'm so surprised, you know, at, at the way he, he is now. But again, um, adaptability, the fact that he's so relaxed that guys being relaxed. Yeah. Like, far out. That's, yep. that's huge. Yep. Well, that's right. And I mean, you know, the pressure's off, isn't it? I, the pressure won't be off this weekend. Auckland have decided to give away the game, uh, so to speak. Is it? So Free did, entry to Eden is. Park uh, for, a, for a provincial final. Uh, okay. There's two ways to look at this. and. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And let's discuss it on the short board today. One, what a great gesture. Four o'clock kickoff. You come along, bring your family. It's all free entry. Um... You can sit and watch a great game of footy. A classic, really. Auckland-Canterbury is a classic matchup. It's probably the biggest provincial matchup we have, we've ever had. It's Mm. the real deal, this. Mm. Um, And that's great. And I love the gesture. Secondly, and and maybe conversely, if you can't sell tickets to an Auckland-Canterbury provincial rugby final in the premiership, winner take all, champion of the nation, what can you sell tickets to? And... (laughs) And, and that's the thing. And the other thing is, there's nothing else on. No. Is there? There well, is there's, there's a test that night in Japan. But I, this is the quandary, and I'm I'm sure that, that Auckland's commercial team have been through it, and Jared Beer, their, their CEO, has been through it, and Eden Park, who have supported this uh, move from Auckland Rugby, have been through it. There is a value proposition here. What other professional competition in the world of sport says to its fans when it gets to the denouement, when it gets to the great climactic moment, the final? Says uh, gates open, come on down. Yeah, and what what concerns me as a as a fan of the game, especially provincially, and I'm a massive provincial rugby fan as as anyone who's read my writing or listened to this pod will know. I, I just I, I kind of a little part of me aches a little, um, not because Auckland Rugby have decided to make this gesture, and and again I applaud it, yeah. but a little part of me aches that this is obviously. We can do this because what do we stand to make anyway? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, I, I, and you're right. I think we should. It should. I think we should applaud. We, it is. It should be applauded. This is. I mean, far out. You've got a a provincial final, and and it's free. But I think if you look at it, the the bigger picture. You know, you've heard Ted say they want to earn respect back mm-hmm. from um as as a team, but more importantly as a rugby community, and perhaps. This is huge. This is a huge gesture in saying, well, you know, we want our fans back. You know, and if you can't pay to come, or you don't want you don't wish to pay, even though you can afford to come, well, we're gonna offer it to you for free in the hope and I suspect this is what they're they're thinking is in the hope that next year you're gonna say, Well, I'll remember that mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go along and I'm gonna support this team that offered me this um well, this free free entry and, and it's it's I think it's the kids. It's more about the the kids because in their minds, you know, for the for the years to come, they'll remember that they got to go to Eden Park to watch a provincial final for free. But you're right. The, the, I think that is the big bigger picture. It, it does it does in some way. You think, well, far out. You know, this is yeah. Well, well, Napster didn't make anyone go out and buy CDs. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. No. You know, but yeah. I I mean I I just hope and and I was talking on New Zealand radio here the other day. I just said I hope people support this. Yeah. Because it's a massive, it's massive. move from Auckland Rugby to do this to to give away the first final they've hosted in what ten 11, years, 11, eleven years or so. 
Yeah. To to say to people, you're invited. Come on down. I mean, if if people snub that invitation, I think that's a real shame and a real blow to a team. And Ted's been through a lot of those players. Yeah. They deserve respect this year for how they've played the game. And, and I think you know we now you know so often, and it's always the case. You know, when the team's losing, everyone's on on about the team. When the team's winning, it's all about the team. Well, here's a gesture from obviously a organisation that's matured and thought, well, okay. Although we don't like it, we're, we, there's, there's a, probably a good chance that we're not going to make much at all. So why don't we just, you know, bite the bullet and say, well, you know, we're going to, we're not going to make much anyway, and let's try and get everyone here as, um, you know, in there for free and as much people as we can. That's yeah, probably, and so they've matured. Right. You've got to applaud the organisation. Yeah, I do, it. and I do, again, I do, mate. I just, I think it, we've got to have a discussion around both sides of this coin, yeah, and yeah. and also the way this competition is structured means that it costs teams money to host these finals. Uh, it's a it's a ludicrous system, but uh, I mean, let's not go down that rabbit hole today on the short ball because um, the way this that's national, a massive hole, it's a big hole, and there's no Cheshire cat at the bottom. <laughs> I can assure you, you don't go down that rabbit hole and find the wizard of anything or whatever it was. Um, he was on drugs, eh? <laughs> Guy wrote Alice in Wonderland. Massive, oh, massively. He was. Yeah, Tina. Tina knows. I'm never, I'm... Is your mic working, Tina? Uh, yeah. What drugs was he Hi. on? Hi. Um, was it C.S. Lewis? I don't know. Some hallucinant. He was on hallucinogenics. Yeah. All of yeah. those kinds. Absinthe and wormwood and... So... Yeah. Well, you don't look at a permanently smiling, floating cat. <coughs> you don't make that up unless you are on something. Yeah, true that. But That's how, what I'm saying. So you, what, what, I'm not saying Auckland Rugby's on drugs, so I wasn't trying to conflate these two things, but... So you don't need to be straight to be successful? I don't know. more drugs you take, the better. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> Get on the Tramadol Highway, my friend. Oh, the Tramadol. The Trammies, yeah. eh? Join yeah. the opioid crisis. Um, okay. We need to talk about Canterbury. We need to talk about this final. Canterbury uh, went just full-on win-at-all-cost mode against the Muckle. Oh, uh, they, they refused to lose Canterbury. <laughs> they? they should not have won that game. Nah. Tasman had that. That, that first that half, first they should have been up by 25 points. I don't know how Canterbury do it. i tell you what Canterbury do. There was a period of play... In the first half, Tasman were hot on attack. Canterbury allowed them 50 metres on phase play. Allowed them 50 metres. Did not attack a single ruck. Just made their tackles, made their tackles, backed up, got in a line, made the next tackle, backed up, got in a line. I reckon they went 12 phases. Canterbury turned the ball over on the 12th. The patience this team has to trick you into thinking that you're getting on top of them, only to turn the tables on you, it is extraordinary, and they do it week after week, and they've done it season after season, and they're going to try and do it again against Auckland this weekend. You watch them go at breakdown time. They'll say to Auckland, you score all your tries between one and three phases. You see how you go when you've got to put 15 together against us. That's what they'll do. Yeah, they will. And you've also got to have trust and accuracy because, you know, if you don't go to the rucks, you've still got to get out and make tackles and make sure that, you know, that 50-odd metres all of a sudden comes to a stop because that 51 could be the try line. Mm. But – you know, this is where I, you know, I love the game because Auckland will look at that too, and they'll go, "Well, if we can't score, or well, we can't make big breaks within the, the first three, what are we going to do? We're going to kick uh, things like that." But the the way the Cantabs just have got that sort of resistance, and like they, I, mean, I, I just seen a different team in that second half, mm. that Tasman side. I just thought, well, yeah, end of the game, T- Tasman will run away with this. But the the trust and belief that they showed. And then all of a sudden, the set piece started like 
dominating, which was kind of like, wow. What did they take Crocky off the game for? I, I wondered that. Crocky was uh, eating him. Yeah. Eating him. And that was, that was uh, I'm not saying, I mean, their set piece was the catalyst of them sort of going backwards. Mm. I mean, Christie was under pressure. They, then they mm. couldn't get their game going. I I just, there's there's something yeah we've always you, talked about Canterbury yeah, but you know what it is Melzy and and it's not just the I mean these guys will hold you down a second longer they'll yeah. hold you in a second longer they will hold you back a second longer they will do everything yeah. so far to the line better than any other team in the competition mm-hmm. and they really do and I don't even say that disparagingly I mean I'm just applauding it these guys know how to get away with every single trick in the book. Yeah. They truly do. They do. But you've got to be able to overcome that. Yeah. And only a really good team can overcome that because yeah. they will niggle and they will niggle and niggle. And, and you know, when Ted spoke about um, Akira Ioane, you know, if you get under his skin, that's You know they're going to go after him. Will, Luke Whitelock's going to go after him. Luke Romano's going to go after yeah. him. They are all going to be chipping away so at him. So I'm looking 100%. forward to how compose, how much composure he shows. I, You know, I, I understand what Ted's saying about Aki because he's – a force of nature, yeah, that kid. Right? Yeah. We've watched him play oh, yeah. this year. Out of the back of the scrum, there's no one better in the competition. No. There's not. And in terms of work rate, carries, meters, there's no one more formidable in the competition. I think this is the most important game of his career. And and I say that because it's all on the line here for Akira Yuani. Yeah. He has the chance to win his team a title. Yeah. He has never had that opportunity before. He's never had it with the Blues. He's never had it with Auckland. He's had a chance before with Auckland to win the Ramfurly Shield in Hawke's Bay, and I think it was probably his worst game of that particular season. This is the opportunity. This is when you stand up and say, yeah, I've had a great year so far, 11 yeah. appearances and 6,000 metres, but this is 80 minutes yeah. where I have to be the most dominant player on the park. This this is a career-defining game for Akira Yuani. Yeah, and, and I think the key thing you you mentioned there is the fact that he's got to put all that good stuff to the side and yeah. cause, because he's probably getting a lot of pats on the back. He hasn't had a pat on the back now from from his one of his coaches. He's got to put that all aside and say, well, nah, you know, I don't care about what's happened in the past. This game here will define me and I'll go out there and stamp what he has. Well, really hit home to everyone else out there how good I really am. At 100%, right? Yeah. This is this is your 80 minutes to shine. Yeah. Because if they don't win the final, nothing a kid has done this year is going to matter. I mean, that's the thing, yeah. Because he hasn't made the All Blacks, and I'm sure he's really gutted about that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people surprised about that, but he's still got a chance to do that. Yeah, yeah. And in order to make the first tick in the box, it's like, what have you done lately? Oh, I put a team on my shoulders and I carried them to a title <laughs> against the defending champions. He, he, man, not bad. Not bad, and he can do that. He can, I honestly believe that, you know, this, I've seen enough growth now over the, the well, this season, you know, to say, well, yeah, I know there's a lot of things in, or little things, his flaws in his game, but I, th- I think there's a lot of growth and perhaps that's the environment. He needs a bit of loving, like Ted said. Can I can I stir the pot a little here? What? All right. So he's got to work on a few things in his game, right? Okay. And so the All Blacks say, work on a few things in your game. We're not going to pick you. But by the same token, they say it's the best environment in the world to get people in the right, <laughs> in the right position to be playing test match rugby. So which is it? Yeah, you know, put him in your environment and make him the best player in the world, or are you going to ask someone else to do that and say, "Oh, we, we can't pick him until he's better"? 
But I thought that's what you guys did. Yeah, I true. thought that's what the All Blacks did. They got players with massive potential and then made them test match footballers. Well, perhaps. Isn't that, isn't that what is, the greatest coaches in the world do? Yeah, exactly. Well, perhaps. then what's the problem with the Kiriwani? That's it. And, and maybe maybe it isn't the greatest. I, I'm just asking. Or, or maybe this, this, this Auckland environment perhaps better suits a Kira. Oh. But, yeah, you're, yeah, I mean, it's a good argument. Good argument, Scotty. Like, well, I'm just uh, look. I'm just saying. I mean, we. I. I. I see column inch after column inch devoted into how wonderful the All Black coaches are. I saw a column on Sunday saying basically <coughs> that Steve Hansen should be coach for life, for life. Well, forever. You know, one or the other. But so, I mean, if you've got a guy like a Kiriwani, what, what's wrong with your environment that you can't make him better? That you can't iron out the diff- the problems. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind knowing what those. So, oh, so what? Yeah. What are the problems? Yeah. True. I'm just. I'm. That's a. It's a hypothetical question. No, it's a bloody good question. I didn't mean uh, to touch my breast then when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think it is. Oh, I think it, sexy time. Well, how does a player like this, like uh, Aketa, just play so well? Yeah, I know they're, they're winning. You know, it'd be interesting to see. Um, you know how they'd go when you know things aren't going so well, which has happened in the Blues, but he's still shone as well. They've had him in the all-black environment for a couple of years. Yeah, so what's happened is what I mean to say. What, what What's happened to convince them that they can't... Take him. Yeah. Mm. That, there's, a, there's just a big gap in the understanding here. Yeah, true. Because by the same notion, uh, Richie, McCall's time, uh, Richie Mwanga's time will come. He's got a few things to work on in his game. He's in your <laughs> environment. So you're working on those things with him. Kitty Yuani's got some things to work on in his game. You don't pick him. Yeah. It's the same story, but there's just there's just gaps in the detail. Anyway, Depends, right? we're on a tangent here on the short ball today. We need to get back to Otago taking on Waikato. Ah. <sighs> Otago last week, Melzi. Um, I mean, the game was crazy. It was Britney Spears level crazy <laughs> at Forsyth Bar, as these things usually turn out to be. Last minute kick for Joshuani, win the game. Brad Webber sitting there looking, talking to himself, basically can't understand how they blew it. Otago only three weeks ago took the shield off Waikato. At FMG Stadium. Now they're back. Severis wasn't playing that game. Waikato are convinced they probably played their worst game of the season against Otago in that Shield game. And Fletcher Smith, the former Otago 10 who's been uh, on fire for Waikato, has said, uh, can't wait to have him back so we can show them uh, what we've really got. So uh, he's been churning it up quite nicely. Those 10s, eh? Love tens, it. Oh, they love, love some it. What do you think here? Because uh, Waikato would surely go into this as favourites, despite that Shield loss, wouldn't they? Oh, I definitely agree that Waikato didn't play their best game in the Shield. They got themselves back uh, back into it. And last week against Northland, too, they, man, they were down. And, don't and so, about that. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> but I, 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 I think, I, you know, I honestly think Waikato should be able to do this. I've been really impressed with Otago because four or five weeks ago, I just thought, man, it might have been just after the Canterbury game. You know, they were just starting to string things together, but they were making basic errors. I mean, and guys that were making them were super, super rugby experience. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking to myself, well, how are the what's what's going on down here? All of a sudden, these same players, and we're talking about the Matt, um, the Fattises and the and the Collins of the world. I was, it was. The Canterbury game where he should have drawn and pass and they would have been gone. He tried to do it all himself when they broke the cross kick. Collins was way out of position, looking into the ruck. I just couldn't get get over that because it was it's a core fundamental skill as as um, for a fullback. But these guys have all of a sudden 
the guys I'm speaking about have just stood up. They've been huge, and mm. um, they've actually they've really led from the from the front right from when they they um uh, they bet Waikato and, and pushed on. Actually, it was probably before that. It was probably the uh, the Auckland game. Um, that was the big turner for them. Yeah, beating Auckland on Eden Park. And so freak show. It's just that I mean, yeah, it's just for me. It's 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 hard to home home advantage is huge. Millsy, Tina, producer Tina's leaving the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm really busting. Oh. Like, Who needs to go to the bathroom halfway through a podcast? All right, just come back when you're ready, producer yeah, Tina. We'll yeah, just carry yeah. on talking here. Far out. Yeah. Man. So no, I they've got a chance. So, Waikato have got a lot to play for, though, you know? They're hurting. I'm not going to get the shield back, though. Tina's bladder was hurting there. She's actually crawled under the camera and out the door. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that on the short ball. <laughs> I, the thing for me for Waikato is um, their line-out drive is going to be formidable. It has been yeah, all year. Yeah, yeah. Samasone Takayahu scored, what, in 11 tries this season from line-out drives, pretty much. That, that, that's one area of the game where Otago just have to shore themselves up. They've just got to get parity yeah. and try and avoid the kick. Uh, their scrum's pretty good. Yes. And their breakdown works pretty good, although Hawks Bay flooded the breakdown last week, and I think Waikato might try and do that. The one area of concern for Waikato is the way they defend Millsy. Blues forwards out wide. Yeah. And we saw Northland tear strips off them last weekend. We yeah. saw Otago do some damage against them with that defensive setup the week before. Yeah. So they've got some concerns about how they stay connected too wide of the ruck because Otago will go there, oh, they and will. they'll go there as often as they can. Yeah, and, you, and connection's key, isn't it? And they've seen, I mean, that Northland try last week where they, you know, the the ability to be able to quick tap and go. Mm-hmm. Otago will do that. They'll they'll bring tempo to the game. They'll get into the fringes. And once you get that and start getting parity over there and really try to work Waikato, I think they'll really try and sort of tire them out. And so um, that's an area for concern um, for the Waikato team uh, because you, when you're looking at Collins and, Fattison code. They are. I mean, look at this. Tennis now, now back crawled crawling. back under the camera. That, that that's the that was the quickest toilet stop in history. Did you actually make it to a bathroom? What? Yeah, I had to run. It's urgent. Tell you what, that, it's a hell of a micturation period that you're running there. Do you know what that is? It's uh, you can look up micturation in your own dictionary. It's not a rude word. It's just it's just a it's a medical thing. Um, Millsy. I like the championship final more than the premiership final for one reason. What's that? Well, you win the premiership, you're the number one oh, team in the yeah. country, and that's fine. You win a trophy, happy days, yeah. you know, you have a few beers enough, but it's the promotion to the premiership. And I know a lot of people don't get that. They don't really understand why it's such a big deal. I love the fact that in the championship, you either win it all or you're nowhere. Yeah. Like you could be North Harbour, you can get fifth in the premiership, and it's like, all right, well, that's all right. It's an all right season. Could have done better. You could be like Wellington or Tasman. Yeah, made the semis. We're good. We're there or thereabouts. Yeah. But in the championship, you either win it or you're nowhere. You're just Stank. in the championship, right? Stank. Yeah. And Otago's had a couple of cracks yeah. at this. Yeah. And they are desperate to get one over the line, and they'll be all guns blazing. Waikato, on the other hand, after a pretty tumultuous couple of seasons – they are desperate to be back where they think they belong, which is in the top flight of the competition. Yeah. It would be a hell of a story either way, a hell of a story for Jono Gibbs, who a year after his brother gets a team promoted to the premiership, just like Chris did with Wellington yeah. last year. And it would be a hell of a story for Benny Herring as well, a young coach who looks at the world very differently to most, <laughs> getting his team of Otago battlers up uh, back into the top flight of the game. It's been 20 years since Otago have won a title. It's a long time. Oh, it's fantastic. And that just goes to show how great our coaches are at the moment. Young, 
former players that have come through and are really, you know, stamping their mark on provincial rugby here in New Zealand, which is mm. fantastic. Finally, on the Short Ball Podcast today, Millsy, there's a test match in Japan on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> we've, got, oh. we've got to run the post-match on this, on this test. You've got to get excited by Saturday. Oh, I'll be excited by the post-match, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But Are you, uh, oh, just, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I've not been involved in stuff like this. You know, they talk about dead rubbers and then we've lost one or one or maybe two, no, one in Hong Kong. And it's no matter what you tell yourself, I think this all-black team... They, they'll be good. I mean, they'll go out there and they'll win. But I, uh, when when it's it's hard not to get past the fact that you've already won the Bledders load, or you know. But you know, the Australians will come hunting. The the issue I've got with it is like, oh, okay. And I don't even think it's going to be packed. It's supposed to be a seventy thousand seated stadium. Well, I think they've only sold thirty thousand, thirty five thousand tickets. So what is that saying? Japanese more? They they don't want to like it either. They might like Japan v All Blacks the week after. Yeah, true. They probably. They're, they're but then what? what then what All Black team is playing the week after? I mean, we're in a Harlem Globetrotters situation here with this All Black team. Well, we've got a test match against Australia, which is a dead rubber. Then the following week, we've got a test match <laughs> against Japan, where half the team's already in London. <laughs> this is the strangest start to a tour of all time. It's a stra- it's the strangest start to a tour I can remember in my time broadcasting the game. And and it, regardless of what your planning is for Rugby World Cup, and I know that message has been sold left, right and centre, well, it's all about the World Cup, it's all about the World Cup, it's all about the World Cup. If it's all about the World Cup, then flag everything else for the three years in between and just play the World Cup. Because <laughs> you've still got to actually maintain the integrity of, of Test Match Rugby in the interim. Yeah. You know, now we're talking about England Rugby, who in 2020 are going to send none of their Test Match players on a tour of Japan and the Pacific. How are you allowed to do that? In the same week where World Rugby is trying to concoct a League of Nations competition, which we've spoken about on yeah. the pod before, which is all about control uh, between the international boards and the clubs, in the same week that they want to do this and say, let's protect the integrity and the sanctity of Test Match Rugby, you've got England already planning to send, no. I don't know, a C-string team to the Pacific. You've got an all-black side that's about to play a test and predominantly leave while 19 other All Blacks arrive to play Japan. It's either you're, either you're, you're the test team or you're not. Yeah. And then well, are we going to get to a point where we stop calling these tests and we call them friendlies? <laughs> yeah, because I'm kind of wondering now, you know, after a while now, I've sort of... Um, you were all guns blazing yeah, I about was. this. Now that I've, I know you have. Now I, I've, I've you. soaked I it in. I've, I've soaked it in. But the thing is... Well, isn't this really a New Zealand fifteen? Oh, we're given now. We're given these guys an opportunity to go over there. Well, why? I mean, uh, commercially, yeah, I can see All Blacks, but I mean, that's a problem. How much? How much of the pride you had in the jersey was around the commercial side of it? How many of your one hundred tests did you think yourself? I can see the commercial value in this jersey. Well, I didn't exactly. Yeah, not as a player, right? No. Nah. So we've got to put that aside. Yeah. And and again, we talked about this last week on the pod. This is not about saying to a player you don't deserve a crack at the All Blacks. Mm. But if you make the All Blacks, you, you, you can't. This is like, we're booty calling here. Yeah, true. Stop the booty calls. Yeah, yeah, I, I yep. Yeah, I, either, I see that. either you're talking to me during the day, but not at 3 a.m. when you need something. <laughs> going to holler, holler for a Matt Todd. 3.30 p.m. now, mate. Self-respect. 3.30 p.m. booty call. Oh, is it 30? 3. Three what? o'clock. Is that what time the game is? No. Well, the game's at three o'clock yeah, Japan. That's what I'm saying. That's when they need them, isn't it? 
Well, they don't know about when you're doing booty calling. You're not I'm talking about. Anyway. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Matt Todd. They Matt need Todd. him at three o'clock at Yokohama Stadium. <laughs> so they right. got the call. What? Is, can we talk about Matt? What is going on with Matt Todd, hey, mate? What? Right. I haven't even been there yet on the short ball today. It's like, no, nah, no, no. The rules are very clear. We need a whole not, week. We need a whole week. Not, to if you're not playing in New Zealand, you can't. You can't play for the All Blacks. But oh shit, Sam Kane's injured. Matt Todd. Hey, I swear, it's like it's this, mate. It's like you're sitting on the couch. You're going. Mm. What did mm. I hear? Steve say he was on holiday anyway. Is he on holiday? Who's he on holiday? Be on holiday. He's playing for a club in Japan. Matt Todd's not on holiday. Well, that, that's well, maybe he is. He said he was on holiday. Sure so Beaver back in the country. He's back. Actually, I've got a, got a, the new Holden Arcadia. Wow, big launch I, today. I hear you're going big to a big launch tonight. Big Holden launch today. That's why I got my car washed down at St. Luke's and walked down here. <laughs> that's why I'm sweating. I've been so busy, man. I've been like, wow. Get my car, my my Holden. Oh, really? Colorado. Are we going to do this on the short ball right now? But yeah, really Holden gonna, Arcadia. We, great, great are we, are we vehicle. Really? Looking forward to trying that beast out. Are we are we really going through your worry list right now on the podcast? That's not a worry list. I'm, just, I'm just saying, telling you what I'm watch, looking forward to. I've got to, to go to a car launch. I'm just I'm just telling you what I'm looking for. I look forward to Ted being on here. Now I'm looking forward to this launch. Okay, well, finally, are you looking forward to this test on Saturday? You are a little bit, right? A little bit, of course. It's the All Blacks, man. Yeah, yeah. and Australia. Yeah, I'm over Aussie now, mate. I was I was all for them this year, but I'm over it now. Why? Because it didn't. They haven't really performed. He's just spirit of generosity. Every dog has his day. Mate, it was their two test matches that they played against the All Blacks. Now it's like... Are they I, a chance? I, Are they a chance? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they a chance? <laughs> I know that every word that comes out of Japan at the moment regarding the All Blacks is, is the word distractions. Yeah. Avoiding distractions. You notice right? that? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It must be the team motto this year. No distractions. Meanwhile, their Instagram is playing up with all blacks <laughs> and uh, they're in chariots. They're doing samurai swords. They're yeah. eating sushi. They're yucky niku. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. they're balls deep in it. Anyway, Saturday night, the all blacks taking on uh, the wallabies in the uh, third Bledisloe Cup test where the Bledisloe Cup will not be up for grabs. No. In Japan. In Japan. Very neutral. That's been the short ball today. Our thanks to Sir Graham Henry and our thanks to producer Tina's bladder. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend's footy. Enjoy the Mitre 10 Cup finals. Otago taking on Waikato, Auckland taking on Canterbury and, of course, the All Blacks taking on the Wallabies. Oh, hi, all. Bye.